Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, and of course, that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys uh, with my man Tom Ryle. I'm Roy White. You can follow me at RW3. You can find him at Tom Ryle BTB. And of course, you can find all the great content for following the Dallas Cowboys at bloggingtheboys.com and following them at Blogging the Boys on the Twitter sphere. As we do, Tom, we come in and we discuss what the Cowboys will be matched up against this weekend. And while it is a very important game for the Cowboys on the slate, a very important one for the final standings, we all know that as the NFL is preparing for this weekend's upcoming slate, that everybody's mind in the football world is still with the health and wellness of one DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills cornerback, who, if you don't know by now, suffered a cardiac arrest on the uh, on the field during the game on Monday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals. That game was canceled. No word on yet what they'll do with that going forward. But obviously, that game is one that even Cowboys players will have their minds on as they prepare for this upcoming weekend's game. And it is. And fortunately, the news after being so tragic and so traumatic, it looks like he is recovering. We don't know how complete the recovery will be because he was on CPR for an extended period of time. And uh, you have to wonder, did it take them a minute to even realize that his heart had stopped beating, that he wasn't breathing out there? Because it was so stunning uh, the way it happened. He just popped up, looked fine for a second. And, uh, you know, just from, I'm no medical expert, but from what I've been reading about it, it's possible that he actually stood up without a heartbeat because the rest of the body didn't know yet. Uh, so that's, you know, it, it was a, it was a terrible thing to see. Uh, it, it reminds us that these men are out there putting their bodies and their health at risk for our entertainment, because that's what this is. It is a game. It's not supposed to be life and death. Thankful it looks like he'll come back. I hope he recovers completely. Um, it may be a bit much to hope that he'll come back and continue his career, but maybe we can even still hold out hope for that. But that is something that on a much lesser level, this is a week where player health may be the most important thing for teams, especially the ones that are going into the playoffs. It affects the teams that are that have already been eliminated and the ones that 
might will not make it because there's only one or two spots less to fill and a handful of teams are still vying for them. But teams right now want to try to get out of this weekend as healthy as possible with minimal risk of injury. And yet you've got teams like the Dallas Cowboys who have something to gain from a win a lot Maybe. to gain potentially, but it could be completely obviated by what happens between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. And with the games being played simultaneously, which is a absolutely no brainer decision for the NFL to make, because that's going to have eyeballs glued on both games. There are going to be probably some players especially for the Eagles and the Cowboys, we're going to be flipping back and forth uh, to, to keep up with what's happening on both of them if they've got access to both games. And I think they're actually – one's going to be in uh, be a CBS and one's going to be on Fox. It's very tough for the team because the Cowboys have to hope for a Giants win and they have to beat the Washington Commanders then they win the NFC East and get at least the uh, number two seed. It's very doubtful they would get the number one seed, although that's a slim chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the worst thing that could happen is if that, if the game in Philadelphia is neck and neck. And so the Cowboys have to keep playing to win. And yet they could go down risking injury two key players because they're trying to be competitive only to have a last second field goal, snatch it all away. It's, it's just, it's a bad situation. I would love to, and obviously we're going to kind of pick those apart because, you know, it's worth asking whether or not, you know, the Eagles did the Cowboys a disservice by not winning that game a week ago and giving them (laughs) life. Right. Because in the end, the Cowboys could wind up in the same place as they were always going to having risked so much more, as you stated, to potentially get there. Um, I won't ask you that question just yet. I'll let you ponder on it for a minute or two. But I will say for the Cowboys now where they stand, they have to play this like it's Mm -hmm. a game of some consequence for their purposes. Right. For the most part while the scenarios in the NFC are incredibly wild and outlandish, as you mentioned, the Cowboys are going to be in one of three spots after Sunday is concluded. They're either going to have the one seed, which is unlikely. They need the Arizona Cardinals to also beat the San Francisco 49ers. In addition to the two games we just stated for them to bump up to that one seed, very unlikely they can wind up with the two somewhat more likely. And if they do, that means they'll play the worst team in the NFC, according to the standings, because that'll be the last team in, right? Who they would mm-hmm. play potentially if they were the two seed. And if not, they know their opponent in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I did kind of want to start just there if I could for the Cowboys, right? We know it's probably going to be the Bucks, and we all know how we feel about Tom Brady and all this, but the potential other teams that could sneak into the NFC mm-hmm. are the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, or everybody's favorite in Cowboy land, 
the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers. I know this is a bit of an unfair question, right? Because, hey, we're thankful that we even get a game to play. But is there an order of preference in your mind as to if you could choose how the cards fall, Tom, is there an order of preference in your mind as to who you would like to play there? Because I could lay mine out if you want a second to think about it. No, I I definitely – and I hate to say this because it sounds almost cowardly, but yeah, I'd rather see the Seahawks or the Lions uh, at home at AT&T Stadium to start than to see Aaron Rodgers come rolling in or to go down and face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers just because the Cowboys have such a miserable history with those two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And... I would like to get in, get get a win. Let's get a win first uh, so that we can quit talking about the Cowboys can't win anything, and then we get a chance to focus on winning in the divisional round. Uh, so, yeah, I would prefer to see that with without having to face Rodgers or Brady. If it came down to I have a choice between Rodgers or Brady – I hate to say it, but I think I'd rather go to Tampa Bay. Um, I think, and that's just a gut feel. I, th I think they would have a better chance of maybe getting to Brady, uh, rattling him. We know that when he gets a lot of pressure, he gets inaccurate, perhaps a little bit more so than, than Rodgers does. I don't know if there's a quantified uh, measurement of that, but that's just the sense I get. Uh, I just, you know, it, it's not, you yeah. know. Well, I love the way you laid it out. That, and that's exactly how I would go, right? I mean, Seahawks and Lions right there in the same place. Not a whole lot of playoff pedigree, at least the players that are there now. And, I mean, yes, the Lions can do some damage, but you also expect to do plenty of damage of your own against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, right? So you would feel great about matching up against the Lions. I'm going to flip the Packers and the Bucks. I do want Aaron Rodgers to come to town. I want a piece of him again. And really, I only base that on the, the fact that when I look back at that game, he needed a number of very specific things to go the way that it went for the Green Bay Packers to come back and win that game. Otherwise, the Cowboys really were in control. And I think they would have learned from that mistake of the past. Also, uh, Christian Watson, who like killed them, is a little bit banged up right now. I mean, surely he'll play by the time we get to the playoffs, so don't expect him to be gone. But I would say that I actually kind of think they might fare better against the Packers, especially knowing the mistakes they made the first time around, right? Yeah. Um, but, but I can totally see your assessment. Either way, right, people have to understand – you know, there were some of us in our in our Slack chat amongst the blog and the boys crew that were really adamant about how we should be fearless in these moments. And I, as a Cowboys fan, don't know how you can honestly be fearless when facing a quarterback whom your franchise either has never beaten in Tom Brady or one who your franchise has never beaten in the playoffs in Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know how you could feel uber confident about that, Tom. Yeah. Um, I, I do like the idea of 
it would be a great thing to get over that hump with either of them. Uh, but I also do want to throw out the, the, the caveat that both Rodgers and Brady tend to get better as December rolls around and it gets down to the wire and carry it into the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, fair, yeah. but eventually like you are going to have to face one of them. And I, you know, I, I think the odds on favorite is, is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers, but first, right. To find out where the Cowboys are going to wind up after this weekend, we got to find out how the game is going to go on Sunday and the things that we know right now, number one, the Cowboys made some roster moves of their own. Bye-bye, James Washington, unceremoniously let go from the team after the emergence of T.Y. Hilton. No big surprise there, Tom. Any thoughts on the uh, trials and tribulations, really, of James Washington during his time in Dallas? I just felt like he never could get healthy or right to help this team in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, the health definitely put him back. And then you have a feeling maybe they were working on Hilton for quite a while because there was no urgency in getting Washington on the field and seeing what he had or getting him some targets. Uh, they Do you have that barely... feel though? Cause like they were talking up Odell days before T Y Hilton came out of the blue and signed. Yeah, that that's talk. I just, uh, yeah. And it was fairly clear. I think that Odell Beckham was not going to be uh, available before the playoffs. And, and like I said, uh, I just think there was this and this, please, this is not inside information. This is me taking a look at things and trying to draw some logical inferences. I think they were working on Hilton. They knew they were probably going to be able to get something worked out. And that's just why they didn't worry about Washington. They were more concerned with having the guys that would still be here after they released Washington get some reps and see where it happened. Regardless, Hilton has come in and made a big impact on very limited snaps already. Uh, you know, he had the one huge catch in his first game, plus he drew a pass interference call. Uh, and last game, he had 50 yards, uh, which was awfully good, uh, a big contribution. He's now clearly wide receiver, too as Michael Gallup is still trying to get back up to speed, although Gallup is starting to show little bits that maybe he is going to be able to contribute. Maybe, but three. I got to admit that statement alone frustrates me more than it excites me, right? Like good for T.Y. Yeah. Hilton, glad he's a professional, but damn it, he shouldn't be able to come in after two weeks and be the bona fide number two after Michael Gallup's had all this time. I'm still waiting, I'm giving him the grace with the injury and understanding that it is a long process from an ACL, but Mm. disappointing yeah and also looking forward past this week uh, they are looking to get uh, Jonathan Hankins back uh, they're looking to hopefully get Matt Farniok back who you know was it was mentioned that he was coming back I was like holy cow I'd completely forgotten about him and boy could they use his depth at, at center I'm not absolutely sure he's not going to be available for this Sunday because uh, he's now in the window and they can reactivate him whenever they think he's ready. Uh, we have heard word that Leighton Vanderesh is sitting this week, 
they're they're putting their chips on getting him as healthy as possible for the first playoff game and not worried about this one. Um, Micah Parsons taking the club off. That's positive news. He uh, mm-hmm. no longer is dealing with a hand issue, according to Patrick Walker over there at DallasCowboys.com. So that's good news. And then Tony Pollard returned to practice on mm-hmm. Wednesday uh, in a limited capacity, but he was out this past weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. Didn't really and miss their Sorry, the Eagles, I'm saying, but yeah. Yeah, and I am. I do believe that Tyler Biotis, they're still hoping he will be ready to go at some point in the playoffs. So, yeah, a lot is going on health-wise. And then you've got the whole thing of, okay, you got a game. You want to win it. But if you had a chance, wouldn't you love to start kind of getting people like Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Demarcus Lawrence off the field so they don't get some kind of a freak injury because all injuries are by definition a freak injury. Uh, Nobody plans to get hurt and it's just a a bad collision. Somebody lands wrong. And sometimes somebody can, can, can pop a tendon or something just in a no non-contact situation. Uh, But you gotta, you're going to have to risk them. And now you're looking at the opponent. Uh, the Washington command commanders, uh, much to the consternation of Ron Rivera, were eliminated last week. Uh, he didn't seem to know that was possible. Uh, he had gone into the game starting Carson Wentz, which was a bit baffling, given what had happened prior in the season with Wentz. Uh, they wound up losing the game as Wentz had a very poor game, which surprised absolutely no one that has been paying attention. Uh, and now Rivera has decided, apparently, reportedly, to start rookie Sam Howell at quarterback. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Now, funny note on this, Tom, because I actually do have some friends in D.C. media. And I talked to them about this because Rivera originally announced that Taylor Heineke would be brought back to make the final start of the season. According to my associate, it is as of his belief that the backlash around the announcement of Taylor Heineke's return was so great that Rivera flipped his tune 
via the next press conference. And that was when Sam Howell's name originally came up. So I think when you, you know, originally heard his name, you had heard that he was going to be taking some snaps, right? But no confirmation that he was actually starting. Well, now we do have that confirmation. And it all came in about a 24-hour period that we went from Wentz to Heineke, now to Howell. And of course, if you're not familiar with how Sam Howell is the uh, University of North Carolina graduate. Uh, he was in Micah Parsons draft class a year ago. Hasn't really played a whole lot of NFL snaps, so there's not a lot of tape on him. But, uh, you know, I don't know what else you could say or expect out of that other than that seems like an opportunity for the Cowboys defense to uh, to potentially get those offensive players off the field earlier uh, than maybe the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that kind of it brings up the whole question. Is there a lot of faith in the head coach in the commander's locker room? Um, there, if, if I got eliminated from the playoffs and my head coach was saying, uh, gosh, I didn't know that was possible this week, I, I, I might be a little tight jawed about that. Uh, I, I'm not too sure. These are professionals, but they're also, they're also rational in, in the sense of they make business decisions. You know, how much effort are they going to put out? You know, especially if they're looking for another contract next year or just trying to, you know, make sure they come back with the team and all that stuff. Uh, and the, uh, you know, the injury report, they have a long injury report. They've got a lot of players that may not be available uh, for the game. So, so we're faced with this whole question, how hard are they trying? Uh, are they really going to be able to do much? Will they be effective out there? Or are they going to just be going through the motions? We don't know. And that's that's the thing. Right now, the, the Cowboys are going to determine their actives and inactives based, I think, on who is healthy, who really needs to, to sit out. And then the game is going to start. And the decisions are not open. You know, if you are in a tight game all the way and the Giants are not getting blown out by the Eagles, you have to keep playing like it was just any game and you're trying to get the win. But let's say the Cowboys, let's say Howell has a really bad start and the Cowboys get a couple of first half takeaways and get out to like a, a, a three-score lead by halftime. And there's no real sign that uh, the, the, that there's a whole lot of life on the Washington side. Do you make yeah, Cooper I, Rush out there? Like, I think it could trigger a slightly earlier movement, right? Based on what you just stated, maybe there's some commanders players that aren't as up for the the task because it is the final week of the season, right? Guys making business decisions, as you mentioned. But in general, unfortunately, because they're in a win it 
or not scenario, like, and you have to win it to have any chance, right? It, they're going to have to treat this like any other game. Now, in any game, if you're up three scores going into the fourth quarter, there's a chance that your backup's coming into the game, right? So mm-hmm. I would agree with you if at some point they're up three scores in the second half, then bring on Cooper Rush. And if that is is by halftime, then again, this is where I say that the trigger comes a little bit sooner. Maybe you do that 15 minutes earlier than you would, right? You let Cooper Rush take it. As long as things don't get out of hand, you cruise to the finish line. But ultimately, I mean, because of the fact that it's still open, Mike McCarthy is treating it as if it's a winner, you know, a winner go home scenario. He kind of did the same thing in Tennessee. Granted, they had to play that game that way, but he it felt like he did it to the wire, Tom. I mean, granted, it wasn't until the fourth quarter that the Cowboys took that double, you know, that multiple score lead, but you know, they did wound up winning the game by 14 points, and it didn't really feel like at any point that McCarthy was planning on resting guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I, a part of that was, you know, I wrote an article earlier this week that if you look at that game, the Cowboys were pretty much in control the whole way. They never trailed. Uh, they were, I never felt like it was potentially there to lose, but it was just much tighter than. I ever would have yeah. wanted. So you had to kind of be cautious not to suddenly open the door back up kind of thing, not to let them suddenly get, you know, get to a, a, a one score game halfway through the fourth quarter. Uh, they had to be careful with that. Uh, I don't, this is, this is going to be touchy. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe it won't be Prescott as much as maybe they'll, They'll try to say get CD uh, a little extra rest if things are going well. Maybe maybe they'll be able to focus on the running game because they've still got some issues. You know, Dak is playing really well. Uh, he's had a couple of bad throws the past few games. Uh, he's also had some really horrible luck like last game where he threw a perfectly placed ball that went in the stat sheet as an interception. Again. Again. So he's not your problem. Uh, the running game needs work. Uh, the defense needs to stiffen a little bit. Once again, if if you're playing Sam Howell, uh then maybe the defense doesn't have to worry about anything complex. They just need to stick to basics, play fundamental football, and everything will fall into place for them. It's just it's it's a really tough situation. And I, you know, there's more bad possibilities, I think, as far as player help and there are good ones. Yeah. Just and that's why I go back to is. like, did the Eagles really do the Cowboys a disservice by losing that game in. Yeah. Right. Like I, I feel like, yes, I would like to play this game knowing that like, all right, we're the fifth seed. I know Cowboys fans aren't necessarily going to want to hear that, but I think that's how it's going to wind up anyway in the end. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, then this was all for not other than 
potential, I guess, psychological value, which I think is very difficult, Tom, to measure. Yeah. And I I had that reaction when, you know, the uh, the Saints uh, got the uh, the interception, the pick six that put mm-hmm. them up by 10 late in the game. I was like, oh, boy, the Eagles. Oh, man, that means the Cowboys are going to have to play hard next week. You know, it was like one thought right after another. Yeah, You know, the the chance for getting to the NFC East crown is alive. (sighs) We're going to have to play the starters. (laughs) That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, seeing the Eagles lose the way that they did maybe makes me feel a little bit better about the potential matchup in the future, right? I mean, we're finally going to get the heavyweights in one, assuming neither one of them goes down between now and then, and they wind up matching up in the playoffs. I don't want to get too far ahead of my skis, right? Because the Cowboys are going to have to win a a couple of games uh, in order to find themselves in that position. But boy, Tom, like the NFC, the Cowboys might very well be the best team in it. And if not a very close number two, capable of winning a game any given Sunday. And and let me say this. Another reason to be paying attention to what goes on between the Eagles and the Giants is what happens. Is Jalen Hurts going to play? And if he plays, how does he look? Is he really ready? What's his? Uh, there's, there have been some rumbles. Uh, Brian Broadus is one that keeps saying this. He says that he's more hurting than he, they're saying. Yeah, he he says that there's more going on than the team is letting on. Which, frankly, that would be perfectly in character, I think, for Nick Sirianni. Uh, he, I, I would not put it past him to downplay the the issues with Hertz and then have him sitting uh out of caution because they're not convinced he's healed enough just because they haven't been all that forthcoming. Uh and that could that could have like you said, that's a ripple effect that could be important. Uh so it's you know all of a sudden the Eagles look a lot more vulnerable than they did just three weeks ago when they looked like they were just going to cruise into the number one seed. And now all of a sudden that's up for grabs and they have to worry uh, about what happens with the uh, 49ers. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting. Not only that uh, they did the Eagles that is, lose a key uh, player in their secondary. I believe they had a, was it Avante Maddox? I'm sorry. I don't have the name pulled up right in front of me, but I think they, they just lost a a player in their secondary uh, during this game against the new Orleans saints as well. So I'm going to look that up and, and fire back on that here in just a second. But in terms of this matchup, then Tom, I mean, we kind of know what's at stake. Is there any value for Mike McCarthy to add another win to his win total, right? Does it matter if he's 13 and four at the end of the season versus 12 and five? Does it matter in the end? Like in the end, if he doesn't win a playoff game or if he does, the record will be inconsequential. Yeah. The, uh, 
the the silence is because I hadn't really thought of that. Uh I I kind of think it is. I think for I think just his pride is going to have him wanting to win this game. Does that mean it's the wise way to go? Mm, not necessarily. But it says something. I know you wouldn't accuse Mike McCarthy of doing something unwise. On what? I, un, unwise. I know you wouldn't unwise. accuse him of doing something unwise. Hey, I accuse almost any NFL coach of doing something unwise because <laughs> they there are just weird moments when they make illogical uh, decisions that are not really supported by data and increasing your probability of success and that's just that's just how it is these guys have egos they they have blind spots all of them do you know even bill belichick has made an occasional mistake uh so admittedly they're a lot harder to find with him but you you know yeah i could see mccarthy coming down the wrong way because this is based so much on unquantifiable things so you know you can argue whether it was the right decision or the wrong decision uh which is only going to be revealed after the fact how did it turn out if the cowboys go into this win the game play their starters a lot but nobody really gets hurt man mccarthy called it right what a genius if, if they get a, a a key injury uh while Philadelphia was going nuts on the Giants, then what an idiot. <laughs> and, you know, and we're going to make that those calls and we should be ashamed of ourselves because it's intellectually dishonest. <laughs> and yet we do that all the time. That yep. is the nature of being fans of the NFL and unfortunately of being guys like you and me that you know we're a little bit more than just fans we get to you know get at go out here and share our thoughts with people and and try to convince them that we actually know what we're talking about so yeah mm -hmm. i i will say that i i expect them to go and i think the stance at this game at the start of this game is going to be we're in it to win it for the cowboys and then uh you know like you said it may play out where they can be a little more cautious, but I think at most it's going to be like maybe by the fourth quarter they can kind of start sneaking some guys off the field. Yeah. Sounds like a Texans-Titans type of game, one we think we should roll on and uh, ultimately maybe have to scratch out at the end to, to get a victory on. By the way, I was right. It was Avante Maddox who they lost. Toe injury done for the season and the loss of Lane Johnson. Which is That's probably as uh, as big or the, if not bigger. Well, the real the real MVP on the Eagles. Ooh, as uh, has been pointed out, you know that right. that all of a sudden things went really their offensive production. You know, Lane Johnson left the field. Their offensive production left the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, again, fascinating to see how it goes, but we won't know until things shake out on Sunday. Of course. We'll have all the reaction, all the seedings reaction, all the updates, everything as it shakes out for you. 
right there on the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. We'll be going live right after the final whistle, and we'll have you covered for the next couple of hour, couple of hours as long as you want to go, really, because at that point, it'll be playoff edition, right? It's extra time for you and I, Tom, and uh, I'm going to be finding a way to sneak myself in there there on Sunday to hopefully celebrate with some Cowboys fans and look ahead to what that matchup will look like. So um, with that being said, our thoughts and prayers, everyone at the blogging, the boys family thoughts and prayers with uh, that of DeMar Hamlin and his family. We hope for a speedy recovery for him and uh, just, you know, and, and, and don't forget all those players who are on the field that went through that experience. There's, there are some psychic scars some players are going to be carrying around for a long time. Oh, no doubt about it. And, uh, hey, that's a good reminder. Like, as Dak Prescott says, right, uh, ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. Ask for help. It's something he keeps on his wristband uh, and talked about it in the post game. One of the things he reminds himself, ask for help because everybody's going to need help throughout their life, you know, through their trials and tribulations, and uh, don't be afraid to do that. So, yeah, if you're someone out there also that needs some help or thinking about it, Hey, you can hit Tom or I up, right? Hit us up on Twitter. We're available in that regard at RW3 for me, at Tom Ryle BTB for him. And, of course, we want to hear your Cowboys thoughts as well. Any thoughts on the pod or thoughts on uh, where the Cowboys go from here, we'd love to hear from you. Please do reach out to us and make sure you hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel and follow all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com. For Tom, I'm Roy. We will stay riled up on the Cowboys and see you next Thursday.